Welcome to the Valor Podcast. You dig what I'm saying? Vulnerability, accountability, leadership, intentionality, and demand. All aspects of life, and we're just here to talk about it. Had to make sure my mic was on. Now, I'm excited for today's topic because I think that this is important. I always say this is important because I think all these conversations (laughs) are important. They (laughs) are all important, though. (laughs) They are all important, but I think... Well, I'm going to just let the cat out the bag. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that has to do with finances, financial literacy, I'll say stocks, credit, all that good stuff that people don't necessarily want to talk about, right? But our youth today are wrapped around money and about, I would say, honestly, quick money, right? A lot of our youth are, are wrapped around quick money and how to get money fast. And to be able to have this conversation uh, with you, Alex, somebody who is pretty much an expert or building to be an expert right and that in that field is really important for people to hear and the youth to hear whether they listen to it on youtube whether they listen to it on spotify whether they just catch a snippet on the instagram or the twitter or wherever right at least they hear a touch of what can be helpful for them in the long run um i'm gonna go ahead and allow you to introduce yourself before i start keep rambling but <laughs> alex go ahead of course of course first and foremost i'm very grateful for being here and being able to talk with you guys and um, share this important message around financial literacy and all of that good stuff. Um, my name is Alex Bizek, originally born and raised in Boston, um, Dorchester area, shout out to Doc. Um, I am the chief operating officer for my own LLC with four of my partners. Um, the LLC name is IWC, stands for Intergenerational Wealth and Community. Um, we do a ton of stuff around real estate, um, educating the public around credit, stocks, the stock market in general. Um, and that's primarily what we do right now. We're really just trying to enlighten the black community. Um, for a long time, we've been shunned from um, understanding finances at a high level. So we just want to bring all this information to light. Nice, nice. How did this all come about? Like, what? how did y'all get started? That's a good question. And people are actually going to like this because this is a little bit more ratchet. We, all, <laughs> we, actually, we actually were all on a trip in Atlanta and um, we went out to eat prior to getting into the, you know, the typical Atlanta activities that Mm -hmm. young men get into when they go down there and visit. And we said, hey, all of us are young, educated um, black men, four out of five of us have college degrees. College degrees aren't necessary. Um, We all have pretty stable jobs. And we were saying, hey, let's put our money together and do something. Um, I feel like a lot of brothers in the black community have good jobs. Um, have good credit, have the ability to come together and do awesome things. And they just don't see eye to eye a lot of the time. Um, We were able to do that. So we were sitting down at the table and we said, hey, when we get back to Boston, let's do something. Let's invest in real estate. Let's start studying and understand these financial markets so we can not only change our lives, but we can change the lives of our future kids and our kids' kids and so on and so forth. So that's how we, that's really how we got started at a, at a little restaurant in Atlanta. Dope. That's dope. That's dope. That's super dope. What is like you guys' goal, ultimate goal with your LLC right now? You said you're going on two years and many more years to come. So what are your goals with that? Yeah, um, there's a variety of goals. I think the three main one is A, to try to ease gentrification, right? And increase Black ownership in Black communities. Um, a lot of people have mixed feelings about gentrification, um, some people look at it as communities improving. Some people look at it as Black people being pushed out of their original communities. 
Um, we want black people to be able to stay there and afford to stay there, right? It's mm-hmm. one thing to be able to stay in the community. It's another thing to afford to be able to afford to be in the community. So we want to ease gentrification. We want to teach black people how to buy property, own it, and keep it, right? The second part to that, what, we, what we're really trying to do is get, get black people to understand how important credit is, how important your credit profile is, how important that is in acquiring real estate and getting the best interest rates, whether that be on a car, um, a personal loan, um, understanding credit cards, how important all of that stuff is and how to leverage it. Because there's a lot of free money out there if you can understand how to leverage that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing is stopping gentrification. Second thing is credit. The third thing is understanding how to make money, right? Whether that be entrepreneurship, whether that be e-commerce, whether that be stocks. We want people how to understand how there's a million different ways to make money outside of the nine to five. There's nothing wrong with the nine to five but you usually want more more than one stream of income. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you tell people really quick, like a definition about financial stability? Because when I say that to the youth that I work with, they don't understand what financial stability looks like, right? Yeah. Because they look at rappers and people who are flaunting their money as if that's what financial stability looks like. But it's a little bit more than that. So can you give people a definition of that? Yeah, I think financial stability really comes down to how long can you live your day-to-day lifestyle if you don't have a job? I think that's what financial stability looks like. So that usually means having at least six to nine months of um, however much you spend, your total expenses in a bank at any point in time. So if you lose your job, you get sick, you have a family member that's sick that you have to take care of, you have enough money tucked away where you can mm-hmm. take care of the day to day for months on months. I think that's when you know somebody's really financially stable. Um, mm-hmm. How long can they work? Excuse me, how long can you live without working? Right? Mm-hmm. Your I never thought life. about it like that. Me neither. So <laughs> it's throwing me for a loop because I was not expecting you to say that. And <laughs> you to, to define it like that, it's like, okay, well, everybody's definition of financial stability is a little bit different. But when you listen to yeah. everybody's like, definition like it makes a lot of sense like I always thought financial stability was just being able to take care of myself and to continue to live without feeling like you know I needed to live paycheck to paycheck right that was always my definition but when you put it like that it's like damn you're right if something does go wrong how can I or something happens Mm -hmm. how can I make sure that I'm good for a certain month like a pandemic you know what I mean like a lot of people differently yep yeah so yeah that's that was and just to add on to that, like you mentioned, you mentioned rappers, you, you think about hoopers, people in the league. If they stop rapping tomorrow, or if you stop hooping tomorrow, how long can you go without a check? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So having that money tucked away in the bank is important. And then also having different streams of income mm-hmm. called passive streams where you don't have to do anything. Money's just coming to you. Um, those are important when being financially stable. Yeah. Can you? Can you like, how do I word this? Like when you talk about budgeting, right? Because yeah. I think that's also a part of like understanding your financial stability is knowing how yeah. much you bring in and knowing how much you then is taken out when it comes to living that day to day, right? Yeah. And when somebody's budgeting, what are some of the things that they have to consider when building a budget, a realistic budget, I would say? Yeah, well, I'll say this first before I say anything else. Some people, you may look at your budget and it's just not enough money. It really just means you have to make more money. So whether that means you have to go get an advanced degree, you got to go to get a certificate to get promoted at your job, 
some people really just need to make more money. And you really may have to, it may take 12 to 24 months for you to do that, whether it's an associate's degree, whether it's a certificate for a trade, um, whether you go be an intern somewhere and just learn a skill so you can make a decent amount of money. Um, but when it comes to budgeting, like you said, it's about being real, realistic. How much can I put away in my bank account every month? Um, I think everybody should work towards having that emergency fund, that six to nine months of income in the bank tucked away, where if something happens, right, you can live your regular day-to-day -day life without really feeling it. Um, mm. So budgeting should really consist of, I right, these are my expenses, right? This is how much I'm bringing in. How much is left? How much of that do I want to put away in the bank? And then how much of that do I want to spend to go out to eat, to go on a vacation? Because those things are fine, too. It's all about moderation. Yeah. And when we think about people in our, I would say in our community, right? Because I'm from Dorchester as well. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck and everything yeah. is good, especially our youth who get a first job and then they get that first paycheck, they spend it, then they get another paycheck. And then now they're living yeah. paycheck paycheck right yep. i've done i did it right yep. i think so, we all done it at some point right we right. all done it because you're gonna real responsibilities then right, just right. blowing your money mm -hmm. right and even when you ask your parents for money they still give you money and then you spend that right yep. how do you begin that saving process when you are you know living paycheck to paycheck at the moment where you can you feel like you have to sacrifice a little bit but saving is an important part which honestly, it took a lot for me to get to that. And I'm a young adult now. Yeah. So <laughs> I think with that, I think it's important. Um, most people only have one bank account, right? Most people, mm -hmm. they, they're really loyal to Bank of America, Citizens, Chase, whatever it may be. Um, I would suggest having two bank accounts. So when you get paid, you can do an automatic deduction where you can put on when you're when you just get a job, right? And you're filling all the paperwork, you can put I want 10% of my check to go to this account and the other 90% to go to this account. So what mm. you do with that second account is you act like that money is not even there. You don't even see it. You don't even look at it. The only time you open it is if there's an emergency, right? So I think that's an easy knack that people don't really understand. Um, and just to add on to that as well, most, most people in black communities too, we gravitate towards these like really large banks, Bank of America, Citizens, mm -hmm. the ones that I just named, right? There's about three or four online banks that they don't have actual branches. One of them's name is Ally and the other two are slipping my mind right now. But the cool thing about those is that you can't go to the ATM and just take out money. So it's harder for you to get your money. You have to transfer it to your bank account. Excuse me, you have to transfer it to your Bank of America or your Chase or your Citizens account. So it's harder for you to just take money out of there. And the other cool thing about those bank, those online bank accounts is that they offer a higher interest rate. So most people, if you have a Bank of America account, your bank account is bearing 0.01 interest per year, which comes out to like 20 cents, 30 cents. These online banks offer 2%, which is a lot more. It doesn't sound like a lot more, but it is a lot more, especially depending on how much money you have in a bank. So I think those are like easy knacks. Just have two bank accounts. Have one that you normally look at and have one that you use for the day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. I'm about to do that. Cause if right. you just take it out, <laughs> if you just take it out automatically, you don't even miss it. It's not yeah, like exactly. you even see it. Exactly. And it's so easy to just transfer it from your savings to your check-ins to your check-ins to your savings. If you're looking at both yeah. of them right in front of you, right? Like exactly. if you know you have this in your savings, and you need some money, right? You could just pull from it real quick, which is yeah. much easier. 
So the online one, it'll take three to four business days for you to see that money. So it's like you think about it, it gives you time to think. Like, do I really want to do it? Yeah. So if you broke, you broke. Yeah, exactly. But it's also important to think, like, some people, I was just having this conversation the other day, right? Some people, when you say you're broke, they think that you really broke. But, mm-hmm. you know, my mom always taught me, like, you can say you're broke, but that just means you don't have any money to spend right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people, I never say I'm broke. I don't speak yeah. that into the universe. See, I just, <laughs> see, my definition of broke is I don't have time to have fun right now. Like, I got things to take care of. You know what I mean? And I think that is, like, my mental as far as investing in myself and making sure that everything else is taken care of in the long run. You know what I mean? But what are your thoughts on investing in yourself? When I say that, I mean like LLCs. I think businesses are a big thing right now for, I would say people in our generation. I'm only 24. Shelby's 24 as well. So businesses is a big thing. People starting their businesses, right? But investing in yourself also looks like the stock market. Everybody's on Robin Hood right now. Robin Hood is like everybody's on Robin Hood. Yeah, everybody's on Robin Hood. But what are your thoughts on investing in yourself? And then we'll later go into I'll ask you about the stock market. But I'll start off with investing in yourself. Of course, of course. I think when investing in yourself is people, a lot of times misconstrue what that actually means, right? I think Mm -hmm. investing in yourself initially at like the bottom, the the fundamental levels, is like educating yourself. So th- that doesn't necessarily mean college. It doesn't necessarily mean college. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton. We live in an era where if you want to learn something, you can learn it online. And you can get just mm-hmm. as good as it, at it, I should say, as somebody that went to Harvard, Columbia, NYU, if you study hard enough, right? So I think the investing in yourself is picking what you really want to learn, whether it's about how to establish a business or being an LLC uh, and have your own LLC, how to invest in the stock market. Um, how to do drop shipping. There's a million courses out there for all of those things. So I think the initial, the ground step people um, need to take when investing themselves is taking by course, by class. There's free college. There was tons of free college classes online during the pandemic. So I think educating ourselves before we want to jump into something is the most important part because being uneducated and jumping into something is the quickest way to lose money. I will tell you that. I will tell you that. So. I think that's the most important piece when it comes to investing in yourself. Dope, dope, dope. What about, so I'm going to go into the stock market a little bit, right? First, I'm going to start off with, I invested two shares into AMC Entertainment, into Robin Hood. Ask me how those shares are doing right now. I think AMC popped back up last week, right? I don't know where you got in at. But I don't want to God. talk about it. We don't want to, if it's a sensitive, sensitive topic, we don't have to talk about it. But uh, no, 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 it's okay. I started off when AMC was hot. Everybody said, everybody yeah. get, everybody say, everybody get AMC Entertainment. Yeah. You know, it's about probably $13 a share. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. So it's not doing too well right now. And then everybody say, get on Doggy Coin. Yeah. Right. So about, about 300 shares of Doggy Coin. Not necessarily doing what it what I would hope for it to yeah. do, but it takes time. So, so yeah, tell yeah. me a little bit about the stock market. What what it tell me? Yes, what am I educate me? Because I'm I'm really right. Lost. I don't know nothing. So the stock market, <laughs> we as 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 black brown folks, people in general, you know a lot more about the stock market than you think you do because the stock market has everything to do with everyday life, right? So. 
one of the things I like to compare it to when I'm um, talking to people in my community, people that look like me, is I, I really, a lot of times I compare this. It's funny, but it's not funny. I compare the stock market to the drug game um, because it's very similar. In a lot of instances, it's very similar. So when it comes to things like AMC, GameStop, all these stocks that pop straight up, right? If you were a drug dealer and you bought a kilo for 25 grand, right? You wouldn't try to sell the kilo for anything less than you bought it for, right? Mm -hmm. So if you buy a key for 25, you're going to chop it up and try to sell it for 40 after you done chopped it up, right? You want to buy low, sell high. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the stock market. So a lot of the times when these stocks get hot, whether it be cryptocurrency or actual stock like AMC or GameStop, people will buy it at the highest. They'll buy GameStop at $13 when, excuse me, they'll buy AMC at $13 when two weeks ago AMC was $2. If you're, being, if you're buying AMC at $13, you already missed the train. How do you know? Like, how can you catch it? How do you know? Like, how can you gauge what's going to be? What's going to go up? What's going to go down? Yeah, no. So that's not as difficult as we think as well. Like, right. I, I give people this example in our stock class, right? During quarantine, Instagram was popping because Tory Lanez had the, um, the oh, quarantine, yeah, quarantine radio, radio going, right? Quarantine mm -hmm. radio was going crazy. Every, he, had fit, he had almost a million people on Instagram on his live on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So we have to correlate that to the business piece, right? So if Instagram has a ton of streamers, right? How does Instagram make money? But if followers Ads and, streamers and stuff, and all that right? stuff. Advertisements primarily, right? Mm -hmm. When you scrolling down every five, six posts and you see that advertisement, people pay Instagram to have advertisements, right? Mm -hmm. So the more people on Instagram, the more money on Instagram makes. Who owns Instagram? It says it when you log in. Facebook, right? Facebook, right? So mm -hmm. Facebook, um, they announce their earnings right every stock every stock releases their earning reports every three to four months and they made a ton of money that quarter but we missed it because we on instagram live watching everybody twerk pouring milk on people and whatnot we not <laughs> get into the details but we not understanding the business piece behind it right yeah second example right what are we currently using we're currently using zoom zoom blew up in march when the pandemic hit everybody was on zoom whether it be schools, whether it be corporations for meetings, whether it be for podcasts, like stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Zoom was trading at about $90 prior to the pandemic hitting. But now Zoom's around 450. But we miss wow. stuff like that because we're using it and we're not really thinking like, is Zoom on the stock market? Everybody's using Zoom. Everybody's talking about Zoom. So that's how you catch stuff. But when you catch an AMC at $13, you're too late. You know you what I mean? If you cash in Dogecoin at five, six dollars, you're too late. Yeah. So you just gotta pay attention, basically. Pay attention. Yeah, to what's pay going attention on. to stuff around you. Um, and and a lot of things like with, with the stock market, a lot of the companies that like shoot straight up usually come back down. The company yeah. where the real money is is the companies that kind of gradually go up over time. Yeah. That makes sense. So I'm never going to get that $13 back. Well, time to. Cool it's a learning <laughs> lesson, right? We don't take losses. We, we learn. We take lessons, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that makes sense. Do you think Robinhood is like ultimately a good platform though? Yeah, especially for beginners. Especially for beginners because it's really easy to understand and navigate. Um, people got beef with Robinhood because when the whole AMC 
and the GameStop thing happened, they kind of stopped letting mm-hmm. people buy it and they only let people sell it. Um, so people got beef with Robinhood. Um, mm-hmm. But Robinhood has been good to me, man. And I feel as if um, Robinhood kind of changed the game for a lot of people when it comes to the stock market as well. So Yeah. Why Why? Why do you think it is that they stop people from buying those shares? Because that was a little crazy. I mean, there's a ton of reasons. Um, they're saying... Robinhood had secret relationships with the banks or the hedge funds that were losing money by the stock going up because people lose money mm-hmm. when the stock go up or down. Um, mm-hmm. People are saying Robinhood was losing money because um, of that. People are also saying that um, Robinhood didn't have enough money to pay out all these people who are making all this money um, mm-hmm. because what Robinhood uh-huh. does, if you have like a gold membership and you put a thousand dollars in. It takes three or four days for that money to clear. So Robinhood actually fronts you money. That's what I'm saying. It's very mm-hmm. similar to the drug game because Robinhood fronts you the money. They front you the thousand and they got to wait for it to clear. So if you have people fronting, Robinhood's fronting people tens of thousands of millions of dollars, right? And they're trying to take their money out, but it hasn't even cleared yet. There's like a liquidation problem. There's a, there's a mm-hmm. cash flow problem. So people are saying that was the issue too with Robinhood. So I don't really know. Um, it's over with. It was okay. an exciting. It was fun to watch, but you know. <laughs> Twitter was going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was doggy. That they had doggy coin talking like it was about to hit a dollar in ten yeah. days or something. It's at like four four cent. <laughs> <laughs> That's how things go, though. That's how things go. <laughs> like what, bro? I think it hit like the highest. I got it at like. Three cent. I think the highest it hit was probably like seven cent. Yeah, yeah. I should have just like sold it all right there, bro. It may pop back off sometime, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm trying to be patient. Trying to be patient. <laughs> that's I all you can do at this yeah. point, right? <laughs> right. That's all I could do. Now I talked a little bit in the beginning about a lot of our youth like thinking about quick money, right? And what I mean by that is like. Huh, what buying sneakers and selling them they see other people that could do that and then they start off by buying sneakers and selling them i try to do that too not gonna lie yeah. but <laughs> then you have other kids who will possibly sell right they'll sell yeah. marijuana for instance but if you smoke weed and you sell weed you can't smoke your supply away nah. right but they think that's just quick money for them to do x y and z but what advice would you give to the youth who are looking for quick money that's a really good question and um i worked in the dorchester community for a while with youth um but i need people to understand that in order to obtain real wealth it really takes time um Mm -hmm. people want to floss they want to buy gucci belts louis belts but that's not real money um it's just like you just say fast money we want money that lasts um so for youth that want to make money and a decent amount of money, I would encourage them to, if they just want to make money straight out of high school, pick up a trade. If you pick up a trade and you do a 12 month program to be a plumber and electrician, you're going to make more than any, any dude in Dorchester, Mattapan, Roxbury selling weed. I promise you that you're going to make 70 grand in two, three years yeah. easily. 
Easily. I think it's the instant gratification for them. It's yeah, like they well, see everything with social media, like every mm-hmm. you can see what everyone's doing. Everyone's putting on this facade like they on and it's not even that. So they One see that and they're exactly they see yeah. that and they think they yeah. gotta be doing the same thing. So they want that money fast. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. And it's not even them. I don't want to pick on youth because adults yeah. in our generation too that's true. gratification. But yep. I don't, that, and that's one of the problems I have with social media. But people got to understand that people only show their happy moments on social media mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, some people that get yeah. on there have their little depressed feel and whatnot. Yeah. But for the most part, nobody's showing when they grinding. They only showing when they on vacation, when they buying a Louis belt, when they doing this, mm-hmm. when they doing that. So just know that people's other people's lives aren't perfect, and it's not, a lot of times it's not what you see. Homie that's wearing the Gucci belt has the Balenciagas on his feet, he may still be sleeping on the floor. Facts. I know a few. And that's mm-hmm. not even to throw shots at anybody. It's more so of a wake-up call to say, like, it's okay to, you know, go away for six months and grind and come back with real money. Um, you don't always mm-hmm. have to flaunt it. So with, with the kids, I, I just want them to understand that the quick money does not last. It does yeah. not last whatsoever. Yeah. I had my dad tell me once when I was uh thinking about getting a car, I got like my first real job. I was working at Pinkberry. <laughs> and uh my dad said to me, he said, Do you want to I was buying sneakers like crazy because I thought I could buy sneakers. I was trying to run around the city and buy different type different sneakers and then sell them, right? But I was really bad at it. You know what I mean? I was making trades. I didn't even like <laughs> make any sense. I just knew I wanted a pair of sneakers, so I'll just make the trade because it's like whatever, right? Yeah. Not getting any of my money back. So my dad said to me, do you want to be walking in style or do you want to be driving in style? And from that moment, I said, damn, you're right. Because I got on the 28 and I seen this kid in the regular regular black polo hoodie with the cargoes with the Gucci belt. And he had on some fours. Right. Yeah. And I said, damn, like he out on an MCM bag. And I'm like, my dad just said that. And then I get on the bus and I see this kid. Right. And I'm going to work in my dusty old Pinkberry shirt. I'm like, bro, I'm about to sell all these sneakers and get a car. Right. Yeah. So I just sold. Yeah. All my sneakers. I think I had like three pairs of sneakers left that I really like. A basketball pair of sneakers and then two mm-hmm. that I could really wear. But then I buy Air Forces. They're only $90, right? Yeah. Perfect. Sold yeah. my sneakers. Got a car. That's my story, right? But those are things that people don't... I feel like adults don't always tell our kids, right? Yeah. Like It's okay to... Like that instant gratification thing, right? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, no, nah, don't worry. You could just use my car, right? No, get your... Have your own. Because when you have your yeah. own... It means a lot more. And then you start working on a credit thing. I got yeah. my first car. I started understanding needing to save and take care of my car. Right. And then I bought yeah. a second car that was in my name. That's my credit. They ran. Right. Like I needed to do all that stuff. So no, that's awesome. I think that's important. I think that's important. I just want to add this though. I don't mm-hmm. want to knock the sneaker game because mom, <laughs> I used to be deep, right. deep, deep in the sneaker game. And my mother used to always be on my back, but she didn't understand. I was really out here making money. So if you're mm-hmm. doing it right, like you said, um, right, I was doing it wrong. You were doing it wrong. <laughs> doing it right, there's money in it, and I think mm-hmm. that's the entrepreneurial spirit. And a lot of our kids and a lot of parents try to knock it. Like, now nah, you can really make mm-hmm. some money. Like, I'll tell you this: for two years in college, like that's how we ate. We would run mm-hmm. to the, we would run to Foot Locker at six in the morning, wait in line, buy three pairs of Jordans on a credit card, sell all of them on eBay the next day for double, and we have money for two weeks. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like. Like the sneaker game, if you're doing it right, there's money in it. And I don't want to knock kids because that's that yeah. spirit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're doing it right, you can do it. That's for sure. That's people's job nowadays. You know yeah. what I mean? Like people are doing 
I enter so many raffles with this guy mm-hmm. on Instagram because yeah, yeah, he yeah. can. It's you can got. It's so different, right? And then you have yeah. things like Goat and StockX and yeah, things like that. Like, and then I'll never sit. I'll never bring my shoes to like laced or anything like that because I didn't yeah. want to. I didn't want them to take that commission away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I it was like, like, over. yeah, like I said, I was bad at it anyway, so it just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't work out for me. I had to pick something else, <laughs> but. Um, with us being leaders in the community and especially on this platform and, you know, having ties to other people in the community, how would you help us understand the best way to guide our youth into understanding the importance of like financial literacy and gaining that information? Like, I guess what advice would you give us? Right. And helping guide them. Yeah, I think it's, um, intentional conversations, right. Um, Mm -hmm. We talk about all this stuff all the time with kids, but we don't really have these intentional conversations where like, we're giving them step-by-step processes on mm-hmm. how to like do this stuff, right? Um, so I used to work at the Y in Dorchester and um, we used to get about 60 kids that worked in our summer camp at the front desk during the summer. And the first thing I did with them when they started, I was like, you guys are gonna get paid in two weeks. So we used to have bank, um, Citizens Bank that was in Cognitive Square come down and have a conversation with them about banking and why it's important to have a bank account. Um, so we need to give them steps on how to do this stuff and, and put the right people in front of them. Um, you'd be yeah. surprised at who you know, who in your family that could just be a teller, a banker, work for one of the bigger corporations in downtown Boston, um, just mm-hmm. really giving them the steps and the resources to succeed. Yeah, I like that. I think that's helpful. And I always say, I had this debate with my mom the other day about resources. Like, if we can have so many resources to get back to our community, mm-hmm. I think not only will our kids be great, but their parents as well. Like, parents yeah, need just as much resources as our youth. And some people yeah. want to do everything to support our youth, but they got to go home to parents as well or siblings, uh-huh. you yeah. know? And so yeah. it's important for them to have those resources. Yeah, a lot of parents don't know either. So, and we yeah. can't really fault them for that as well. A lot of parents just don't exactly. know. Exactly. So. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's all I got. I think this is very, I think this is great. Shelby, yeah, if you got like any I last minute. something for sure. Right. I'm about to go, I'm about to pay attention now. Give me some, trying to get some <laughs> stocks. <laughs> of course, of course. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Um, if you guys ever have any questions on the back end, feel free, you guys have my email, feel free to reach out. Um, and if you ever like for me to jump back on and talk a little bit more about stocks or credit, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Um, this is actually very like informative. It was, it was kind of quick too. I feel like we've been sitting here for like 10 minutes, but we really just got into it and kept going. So that was nice. So everybody out there listening, please listen closely. If you missed something, go back and listen again, because it's a very informative conversation. Parents, uh, siblings, friends, coworkers, whoever is listening, tell a friend to tell a friend and listen to the conversation for sure, because this was a great one. Uh, all right. Thank you once again. Yep, no and I'm going to close this out. Like always, this is Valid TV, vulnerability, accountability, leadership, intentionality, and demand, all aspects of life, and we always just here to talk about it. We'll catch y'all in the next episode. Peace.